Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to our Sunday podcast. I'm Ken Baer, uh, the pastor at Faith Dialogue. We provide two updates every single week on our podcast called Prophecy Countdown. Um, now, that's uh, two updates both in video as well as audio channels. Um, now, on Sundays, uh, on Sundays, our, we're presently going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we go through chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Uh, this week, we are in chapter 12, um, and our topic is Stronger than the strong man, and that's found in uh, Matthew 12, verses 22 through 29 that I'll be talking on just in just a minute. Uh, but I want to let you know that on Wednesdays, our, our topics are always prophecy-related. Now, we find a lot of prophecy as well, as you'll see today in the Gospel of Matthew. But at the same time, on Wednesdays, our, our topics and our, our subject matter comes from you. Uh, the video and audio listening um, audience. If you send us an email to prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com, I'll repeat that because it's a long one, it's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I reply not only to all of these, but that's how we get the topics of our of our studies, of our of our updates. So send us an email and we'd love to be able to, to feature your question on our next update on Prophecy Countdown. So let's get into our lesson today. Um, um, today, the context of our lesson is the same as it was last year, which is a continuum of the response by Jesus as he is being challenged by the religious leaders. You know, earlier, just a few verses before what we're talking about today, Matthew told us that they were out to get him. These are the Pharisees. This is what it says in verse 14. It says, Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him, how they may destroy him. Now, in today's reading, after another miraculous uh, healing, Jesus is accused by the religious leaders of using demonic powers. Let's go ahead and read these eight verses, uh, beginning in verse uh, number 22. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed them, so that the blind and mute man both saw and, saw and, and spoke. And all of the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. So, uh, we're going to be ending here now at verse 29. Uh, the context here, as I mentioned before, is the continuing rejection uh, of Jesus Christ by religious leaders. Now, last week, I, I referenced how it was the religious leaders that should have known above anybody else who the Messiah truly was. You know, when 
when the wise men came riding into uh, Jerusalem, trying to find the, uh, the, he who was born king of the Jews. Uh, Herod was perplexed, but he went, to the, he went to the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and they knew exactly what uh, the, the, uh, the prophets had said. And they quoted from Micah that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Now here it is 30 years later, and these religious leaders, some of them the same religious leaders, refused to understand who Jesus truly is. Um, they, they knew that the Messiah was going to be born. Um, they, they saw the teachings of Jesus. They saw the miraculous wonders. That There was never a teacher quite like him. Uh, the crowds loved him, but the religious leaders despised him. So let's look at the scripture verse by verse, and we'll get to the, uh, the concept of this strong man, which is, the I think, the key point in these verses today. That's verse 29, and, and we'll, we'll get to that. Now, it starts off by Jesus healing a man who was most most unfortunate. You would also be unfortunate if you were demon-possessed, blind, and mute. Jesus heals him, and we're told that the blind man, blind and mute man, both spoke and saw. Now, the people get it. They understand that this is a miracle-working prophet, a, a rabbi that teaches like literally no one else. Scripture tells us all the multitude were amazed, and they said, could this be the son of David? Now, when they say son of David, that's a messianic term. They were looking for the Messiah to come because the Messiah was promised to be a son of David. Uh, but notice what the Pharisees had to say. They earlier were upset because he healed on the Sabbath, and now they see what has happened, and it's not the Sabbath, but they still don't like it. They say, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Uh, this word, the prince of demons, or Beelzebub, is a, Beelzebub is a transliteration actually of two words. Um, it's Beelzebub. It's only found once in the Old Testament. That's in 2 Kings. Elijah is speaking. Um, now, Baal is the name for, for Lord or God, and Zabab was just a, a location, so it was the God of that location. Um, Elijah is quoted as saying, is it because there's no God in Israel that you're going to consult Baal Zabab, the God of Ekron? So this Baal Zabab was the God, local God of Ekron, and by the time Jesus is on the scene, Beelzebub is, becomes the name, and they understand him to be the prince of demons. Now, um, if, if, if Beelzebub is the prince of demons, it should give us pause because it also gives us an example that these, these idols that the, the people in ancient times, and actually today as well, worship are, are, are stand-ins, basically, for demons. You know, whether people are, are offering sacrifices and worshiping Baal or Asherah or Dagon. Remember, that was a, that was a statue uh, that the Samaritans had that fell down in its face. Or the Greek gods like Athena and Zeus, uh, these, these gods, these so-called gods are actually inspired uh, and were actually demons who accept the worship of the people. Now, but Jesus is making it clear that he's not healing by demonic power, but displaying his complete authority and power over these spiritual powers and authorities. His ability to do so is so amazing that the man immediately uh, was, the demon left him and he was able to speak and to, to hear. Um, as I said, this could be the son of David. Um, uh, when they say this could be the son of David, it's a reference to the Messiah. Uh, the, the people accepted the simple truth um, that Jesus was the Messiah, but the religious leaders, again, attributed it to something demonic. And that's why they say this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub. 
So Jesus responds to them. He knows what they're thinking. Of course, Jesus knows everything. Jesus knows what they're thinking. Uh, and that's what it says in verse 25. In fact, let me read you that passage again. Verse 25 says, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he'll be he is divided against himself, how then will his kingdom stand? Which is a tremendous argument that Jesus brings forth. At the same time, he continues. Verse 27, Jesus says, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, then by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he'll plunder his house? I wanted to get to that verse 29, the strong man, the topic of our message today. The, the, again, the passage starts out with, you know, but Jesus knew their thoughts. And we see this often in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, you know, there were, there were a number of, of, of scholars even to this day that, that uh, debate how much Jesus actually knew and how much he humbled himself and with, with, withheld from himself. Uh, but, I, but I love his comment when he talks about the kingdom because Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. But there's another kingdom. Did you know that? There's another kingdom, the kingdom of Satan. And Jesus says this. He says, every kingdom divided itself, itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided itself will not stand. You know, Jesus is using logic um, on these accusers and it made, it made no sense uh, for Satan to cast out Satan. That's dividing Satan. Why would he do that? The Pharisees, however, they don't even give a reply to this. They don't want to answer Jesus. Don't confuse, you know, it's like today. You know, don't confuse the, spect the skeptics with facts because they don't want to hear facts. They don't want to hear logic. They just want to go ahead in their, in their unbelief. Then Jesus makes this, this another argument. He says, he says, by whom do your sons cast them out? Now, this is a reference to the fact that at the time of Jesus, in fact, hundreds of years before that, uh, there were Jews, Jewish exorcists. You know, some of these were uh, like Pharisees and religious leaders and scribes, but many of them uh, were, were just stand alone. They would go from town to town. They would be known by their ability to cast out demons. Now, most of them didn't do it very well. And in fact, uh, their exorcism consisted not, not so much of calling on the power of God, uh, but basically using herbs and, and other types of, of, of potions in order to cast out the demons. Now, let's get to the, this main point before we run out of time. Uh, Jesus says this. He says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you? Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then he will plunder his house. Jesus references the strong man. While the saying of Jesus is in the form of a parable, they knew exactly who Jesus is talking of when he mentions the strong man. The strong man was a, another way of referring to Satan, of Lucifer, the prince of, the prince of demons. Um, Jesus is making clear that he is stronger than the strong man. Um, he, he, Jesus wasn't captive to the imaginations of the strong man or in the imaginations of Satan under his power. Jesus is supreme. His message was, I'm not under Satan's power. Instead, I'm proving that I am stronger than him by casting him out, him out who, has, who has been possessed. 
Now, this is a great lesson for us, and that's why I wanted, I thought this was the major point of this, uh, this passage today. Uh, there is a strong man, and there's a strong man today. Let's call him uh, the devil, Lucifer, the little horn, the prince of darkness, whatever, whatever name you have for uh, the, this, this devil that we think of like in a red uh, leotard with little horns and a, and a tail. That's probably anything but uh, what the devil's actually like. Did you know that the, uh, the Bible describes him as the most glorious creature that God ever created? Uh, when he when he when he walks and when he travels, music comes out. I mean, he's just a an amazing creature. Uh, but he fell. He's he led one third of the angels uh, to fall with him. Now this is the strong man. Now this strong man, this devil, the Satan has power and authority, but it's limited. Jesus is stronger than the strong man, and we have. We've been made sons of God. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you know who Jesus is, uh, uh, there is there is nothing that you have to worry about 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 the strong man. There's he can't inhabit you, he can't possess you, he can't control you. That doesn't mean he can't tempt you, uh, but there's no temptation made that that we're not able to uh, to to stand by. We can we can flee from the devil. We can flee from temptation. Uh, give God gives us all kinds of tools. That's what the armor of God in Ephesians is all about, is, is being able to stand against the schemes of, of the wicked one. I, I, know, I want you to know that in the Bible, in all four Gospels, this, 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 uh, this reference of the strong man is mentioned. It's used in very similar contexts that we see here in Matthew. But overall, uh, the message is that the strong man has a kingdom, but God's kingdom, the kingdom that Jesus brings, is stronger than the strong man. Um, you know, and Jesus again, he says, how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then he de indeed he can plunder his house. Well, it's interesting. A lot of people take a look at this and they say, this is like a parable. Jesus is drawing a picture about binding a strong man. But you know, that's exactly what the book of Revelation talks about. It talks about that, you know, Satan has released the last seven years of, of, this, of this, this time period, this time period before Jesus returns in his second coming and his feet touch down on, on the Mount of Olives. Uh, but the, the issue is this, is that that's what the book of Revelation speaks about. It speaks about that Satan is then bound. He's bound, he's, and he's thrown into the abyss. Now, you know the abyss. The abyss is, the abyss is where the... Um, um, the, the uh, demons that Jesus was going to, to cast out uh, said, please don't send us into the abyss. So instead, uh, Jesus ended up permitted them to, to go into a, 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 a whole herd of swine, and the swine ran down the hill and were, were, were drowned. Um, but that's the abyss. G the, the strong man will be bound for a thousand years. That's what the book of Revelation says. Now, we take the book of Revelation and understand that one of the keys to understanding Revelation is to try to take it as literally as possible. Symbolism is used, but at the same time, uh, there's a literal story to tell. And it talks about this strong man. It, it talks about one that is stronger than the strong man. Even though Satan is allowed to do his, his, his work, and God, Jesus uses that often to bring people to him and to be able to accomplish his own will. But at the same time, after seven years of tribulation, the strong man is in prison for a thousand years. Now, there are people that take the, the book of Revelation allegorically, and they say, well, this is the period that he's bound. Now, he's not bound. Have you noticed what's going on in the world today? 
I mean, who could say that there's not a strong man out there? There's not demon possession out there. There's not people that are that are motivated by extremely evil things. That's the devil doing his work. I mean, he's constantly doing his work. Have you seen? Does he? Do you have you seen what he does to our churches? What he does to our politics? What he does to some of our leaders? I mean, the, the strong man is still out there, and God will allow him to do his his bidding until the time that that God says enough is enough, enough is enough. And at the end of the seven years we know as a tribulation, he is bound for a thousand years. Revelation 20 is the passage about the imprisonment of Satan. The passage says that an angel comes down from heaven, seizes the dragon. You see, it uses symbolism, but we know who the dragon is. The dragon is Satan, he's the strong man, and binds him in the abyss, sealing it over so they cannot deceive the nations during the millennial period, which is a thousand years. So my friends, take heart. Jesus is stronger than the strong men. At the same time, you have been given authority. You are sons of God. God has given you the spirit of the Holy Spirit to dwell within you, and the strong man has no power over you. So as the early church said, all we need to do is say, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to speak. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.